It's time for the Live, Shop, Work, and Play radio show and podcast. Interesting people, open conversations, and topics worth talking about. And now, your host, a Georgia Bulldog fan and graduate, a smart real estate investor who learns the hard way, and a radio talk show host. You never know what he's going to say. Joe Mullins. Hello, Florida. This is Joe Mullins, and welcome. What a beautiful weekend it is here in the most beautiful and incredible state in the United States of America. We're here in Florida broadcasting, and I've got a very special guest with me, someone who has been on the show regularly that I enjoy having on here. Um, PJ, welcome to the show, and you're with Project Opioids. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of our listeners that are just tuning in for the first time. Tell us what uh, Project Opioid is. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on today. So Project Opioid is a coalition of key leaders that come together to confront the overdose crisis through education and awareness, high-level advocacy in vulnerable uh, populations, and just connecting uh, organizations and entities together uh, to force multiply the impact we can all have in helping reduce overdose deaths. So there are six regions in Florida that have a Project Opioid. Um, I am working in North Florida, along with my colleague, Abby Bell, uh, to really address the opioid epidemic and help reduce overdose deaths. Now, one of the biggest things with opioid addiction, and I'm very public with mine that I went through and struggled with uh, drugs and alcohol. I've got 12 years of sobriety down. But one of the biggest things with them is, is the, the, it used to be the persona or the perception that was around opioid addiction. People were embarrassed. Uh, they didn't want to come out. Professionals that were dealing with it didn't want to come out. So therefore, most of the public thought, well, opioids is only in certain classes of people. It's only certain people are dealing with it. But then a few years back, people started really opening up and embracing it and seeing that many people of all walks in life, it's not a, 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 a uh, I call it a poverty disease or issue. It is, it is something that has no boundaries, no uh, regulations, and no fear of going to whoever and tearing them apart. You guys have been a, a set of professionals. Y'all have helped a lot of people throughout the state. And, um, you know, just tell us how the program works and, one of the biggest things, I guess, is awareness of it and education to let people know that they don't have to be ashamed or um, live live with this disease and not be able to treat it. Yeah, you know, Joe, there's such a stigma attached to um, substance use disorder, and uh, no matter what you know what type of substance you're talking about, um, in this particular case, you know, we're we're focusing on opioids, and so. What we do as a program is we um, work with key leaders across all different sectors of society. We're funded by the Florida Blue Foundation and we're facilitated through the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce and that's very strategic. The reason that we sit at the chamber is because we are engaging the business community to help address this problem. Uh, We know that there are so many people who are going to work and as you mentioned, you know, this is not something that's just impacting people who are experiencing homelessness or people who are down and out. This is impacting every socioeconomic category, every race and ethnicity, every gender, every age group. 
Um, and so we have tons of different people who are going to work every single day who are struggling with this issue. And so we're trying to engage all the different sectors, whether it be uh, elected officials as you once were, or you know, law enforcement, uh, fire rescue, um, the healthcare industry, uh, nonprofits, of course, those are kind of the champions, the boots on the ground folks that are really doing the amazing work uh, day in and day out. We work with, again, the business community, the faith community, all different entities to try to uh, come together, develop strategies, utilize our strengths to really address this issue, to help people get the, the resources and the treatment they need so that they can recover and so that they can live healthy and productive lives. Project Opioid originated in Central Florida in the Orlando area. Our founder and CEO, uh, Andre Bailey, uh, created this um, as a way to address the opioid epidemic. And what they've seen in the last uh, couple of years, um, due to, as you mentioned, resources being readily available and you know, a coordinated effort being pushed out into the community to get specifically naloxone or Narcan, um, as it's commonly known, uh, into people's hands so that if they do come across somebody who is experiencing an overdose, they can use that, that medication to reverse the effects of the overdose. And that particular uh, medication, as well as a, a coordinated effort among all the different sectors there in Central Florida, has caused them to see a reduction in overdose deaths, specifically when it comes to uh, Orange County and Seminole County, uh, both of which have seen a little over 11% decrease in overdose deaths uh, from 2021 to 2022. And I'm sure you uh, understand, Joe, how statistics work. Sometimes they're slow to come out. So, you know, as you look at the CDC's statistics on overdose deaths, you'll see you know, that they have um, finalized some of the data from 2021 to 2022, but, you know, uh, from 2022 on, um, it's still being uh, calculated and, and determined. But we know that for that particular year, Central Florida has seen a decrease. And some of the other counties that we're working in, specifically in North Florida, have also seen a decrease. But we've, you know, in addition to that, had some of the counties we're working in see an increase in overdose deaths. And, and so we're still working hard to bring awareness, to help you know bring resources into the community, specifically in vulnerable populations where people don't necessarily have access you know, commonly to those types of things. So I think the approach that Project Opioid is taking overall um, is, is effective and we have to keep you know, doing what we're doing and increasing some of those uh, resources specifically to the areas that don't seem to have enough of it. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point of the way the statistics are and so forth. Let's lay out some of the things that have worked, because I think getting awareness out there to people to contact their government officials is important to ask for these services and ask for these programs. Let's go through there, uh, TJ. Duval County. Duval County is one of the largest uh, counties in the country. It's the largest city and county, I think, per land base. Um, what is the overdose overdose death? Uh, has it increased or decreased over the last few years? So here in Duval, where where we sit at Jack's Chamber, we've seen a, a minor decrease. You know, so we saw in 2021, 521 overdose deaths here in Duval. In 2022, that dropped to 494. But if you uh, think about it, 
and and we all know Joe statistics are what they are. Um, a lot of times people inflate them, you know, to prove a point. We go by the CDC statistics. They're very conservative in how they record and calculate, you know, the type of numbers we're seeing in Duval County. And a three percent reduction doesn't mean that we need to stop working. Only calculated a few of the counties that I knew you were reaching, such as Flagler and St. John's, and both of those saw overdose deaths increase from 2021 to 2022. And it's not because, you know, there are people that are, you know, in those counties that don't care. On the contrary, there are a lot of people working just as hard in those counties. You know, people tend to think, oh, this couldn't happen in my backyard. You know, this is a an issue for my neighboring county or, you know, that, that big city uh, a, a ways away, but this couldn't happen out here. It is happening. It's happening everywhere, all across the country across you know, the great state of Florida, uh, in this northern region and central regions that we're, we're reaching and that we're talking to right now. This is an issue everywhere um, and it needs to continue to be addressed with resources, education, and awareness. You know, you talk about Flagler and St. John's County seeing increases, and I, I want to bring out this to people. A lot of people tend to think, okay, this is a bigger city, an inner city problem. It's not in our little county. Um, devastating thing. I like the idea of a county like Duval seeing an increase in uh, the survival rate from 520 to 490 because at the end of the day one of those 30 people could have been a relative of mine it could have been me it could have been my child and i like seeing that movement go in that direction not upward as many counties and places are seeing and i think the importance of what you're saying in the mission you're talking about is the programs and the education and the making awareness of it people realizing that they don't have to lose a family member to this there is a solution there is options it's treatment it's education it's awareness being aware i mean me being aware that a drug can do certain things to me causes me to put it more on the forefront do i want to take this chance and do that but you got to start somewhere fentanyl and the drug the opioid is the most common one it's a growing at a rapid rate and i think it's probably the most important one to focus on you guys have programs too uh, you just recently did one in Nassau County. I know we were looking at it possibly being canceled because of the hurricane. But one thing I love about you guys, hurricane or not, y'all going to have that program and y'all going to make awareness. Uh, tell us a little bit about that program and what all it offered and did for that community. Yes, sir. Uh, so we have what we call community overdose awareness seminars, and we conduct these in the North Florida region and in the counties that we're working in. The one that we just did um, in Nassau County was our seventh one and so we um it started kind of organically uh with a, a gentleman i was speaking to i was having a conversation with a pastor in st john's county and uh, his son died of a fentanyl overdose and he said i would like to partner with you you know our church would like to do something together to really help people understand you know to bring awareness and uh and so it started there we put together a program with the help of some of our you know, coalition partners and and uh, got some great feedback from that. And then we just developed uh, what we feel like is a, a really good blueprint for this program to bring awareness, 
Um, that's one of the things we want to do is help educate the community on what the current narrative of the overdose crisis looks like, which, as you mentioned, is fentanyl. Um, fentanyl, you know, obviously is is driving the overdose crisis. And I think it's important for um, your listeners to know that it is uh, being put in everybody's drug of choice. And so a lot of what we see when it comes to overdose deaths these days is what we call a, a poly drug issue. So it's many different drugs mixed together. Fentanyl is the one that has caused overdose deaths to skyrocket because of the potency of the drug, uh, because it takes such a little amount to really do so much damage, um, and it's easy to mix into other drugs. Uh, fake pills that are disguised as prescription medications, things such as Xanax, uh, Adderall, you know, Oxycontin, all the different things, Percocet, that people would take that's now being laced with fentanyl and, and is very unforgiving. Um, so we want to help people understand that that's what it looks like. It's in their community. Uh, we also want to point them to uh, treatment providers and resources that are available to their community. So we have organizations come in and table at the event. They bring all of the information about the programs they offer, and that allows people in the community to, to go around to the different tables. We'll have between 25 and 30 organizations at these events. Uh, sharing with people in the community how they can help either them or their loved ones, the person they care about who's struggling with this issue, how they can help them, you know, get well, get healthy. And then another thing that we do with the event is we uh, provide action steps to those in attendance to be a part of the solution. So we actually do a naloxone training right there as a part of the event. Uh, we hand everybody that comes to the event a kit of Narcan, and they're walking out knowing exactly how to use it, when to use it, and we're hoping that that, you know, helps kind of strengthen the community in relation to, you know, helping re reduce overdose deaths. And so what we've seen in these events that we've done is a heightened increase of awareness, um, a continued effort of organizations that are working in the community to come together and find new ways to partner so that they can help uh, the community that they're they're working in and then we've just seen you know an uh kind of new collaborations occur that didn't already exist because you're getting so many people together and so it's really just helping kind of spread the word spread the resources get the people that are struggling in those particular communities, the help that they need. And, you know, in many cases, that's contributing to the reduction of overdose deaths. Well, we're not gonna see any kind of reduction if we don't take action, and we know that. If we don't bring awareness, you can't, this disease loves the darkness, it loves the lack of transparency, it loves the embarrassment, um, yep. it loves to break a person down and make them think they've got no options or hope. It also makes family members feel victimized, like where did they go wrong? What did they do to create this problem in their life? And what I'd like the listeners to understand, I'd like you to weigh in on this as well. Go out, there's hope in every county. When you see counties increasing like Flagler and St. John's, that means the community needs to rally together stronger. You need to call your elected officials. You need to push program support. Flagler, when I came into office, Flagler led the state of Florida in suicide deaths and it led it in opioids. And the reason being, there were no services offered. People's attitude was, we, you know what, we're just gonna lose a few and 
and there's nothing we can do about it. There's no nothing we can change. We're just going to be a part of that. And what people don't realize, Flagler is a little bedroom community. It's protected, it's safe, it's full of good people, but it also has a lot of transient people around. It's got a lot of people that aren't as active. They're retired. And it was seeing a massive increase. We saw a decrease because we started focusing on it and bringing in awareness and talking about it. We started bringing in services. Uh, TJ, what are some of the things, you know, besides calling their elected officials, going to organizations, what are some of the things that our listeners can do in their communities if there's a project opioid and if there's not? You know, you mentioned Flagler County specifically because I know that you, you know, had the privilege of of leading and serving the folks there as an elected official and and you had partnerships with some of these um, nonprofit organizations. Uh, Project Opioid uh, we try to be in as many counties as we can across Florida. We don't necessarily reach all of them, um, but but we do, I would say, hit most of them. So you could, you know, Google Project Opioid, um, projectopioid.org, and look up uh, where you can get in touch with a Project Opioid. I would uh, really encourage folks to connect with a local prevention coalition. So um, there's a usually a, a coalition of, of folks who are passionate about, you know, helping spread the word, educating uh, all different ages on what, you know, they can do to be a part of the solution. I know the one there in Flagler County is called Flagler Cares. Uh, you know, the CEO of that is Carrie Baird. Uh, they're a tremendous partner for us in the North Florida region. In fact, they're one of the best when it comes to uh, the way they approach uh, organizing community efforts and getting the word out and getting resources into people's hands. I would also encourage, and we touched on it a, a few times here, uh, for your listeners to know how to use Narcan. And if they are uh, able to to reach out to these coalitions, in many cases, they can get Narcan for free. You know, it's going to be offered over the counter in drugstores soon. Uh, there's there will be a cost associated with it, but if you can connect with one of these prevention coalitions in your area, a lot of times you can get that resource for free and carrying that could actually save lives. So that's, you know, that's one of the ways we really encourage people to be a part of the solution. And I think that's probably one of the major reasons we're seeing decreases in a lot of our counties is because people are more aware of naloxone or Narcan. They're carrying it with them and they're utilizing it when they come across somebody who's experienced an overdose so i think it's really important to you know to take advantage of those resources in the communities and then there are things you know every so often such as dea you know drug take back day a couple times a year in fact i think the next one's coming up october the 28th and people can take their unused unneeded medication stuff they have sitting around in their medicine cabinets or under their counters and you know, take those to a, a DEA a drop-off location. You can go to DEA.gov and find a location near you. Uh, utilize that day, that specific opportunity to get rid of some of those uh, medications that are sitting around that could be harmful if they get into the wrong hands. So there's a few different things that people can do. Uh, sometimes I, I think I talk to people and they say, I wish I could do something to help. Well, there are a few things like the things we just mentioned. Um, and the other thing I would say, Joe, is just having more compassion for people who struggle with this. A lot of people feel like this is a moral failure 
you know, people are just choosing to make this decision. But the, we know that, you know, in the case of a lot of substances, specifically opioids, they actually rewire a person's brain to, you know, cause them to behave in a way that is totally foreign to what they would usually behave or how they would usually behave. So this is a biological thing. It's a disease. Um, it's not just somebody choosing to make poor decision after poor decision. In some cases, you know, people start down that path because they're experimenting with drugs. But a lot of times it's somebody trying to cope with trauma they've experienced, some type of mental, you know, health issue that they're struggling with. And they're trying to really, you know, self-medicate or numb the pain. They're trying to cope with a struggle that they're having and they get, you know, addicted or or involved with this. And it's hard for them to get out. So I think people need to understand that compassion goes a long way, show more grace to people who struggle with this and do what you can to be a part of the solution. I agree totally. There's a way to show the compassion yet be firm and get the support and the help to it. And Joe, in the case of opioid withdrawal is some of the most painful um, experiences people can have. I don't know from experience, but I've talked to dozens of people who struggled with this and they tell me that once they got hooked on this, uh, a lot of times they would take, you know, the, the opioid, no, no matter which one they chose, um, just so they wouldn't have to go through the withdrawals that, you know, take place when you become addicted and then, you know, you go without. So a lot of times if they want to stop, they just can't and they need professional yeah. help. They need things like medication assisted treatment to help taper them down off of, of this, um, you know, struggle that they're dealing with. And so we, you're exactly right. We've got to get people treatment. Uh, we've got to get them to professionals that can help them. Um, and then we've got to be supportive of them in their journey. And I agree totally. And I'll encourage businesses, I'll encourage our listeners, invest in this, spend the money, because if you don't, you're going to do it anyway. You're going to see theft in your business. You're going to see lack of workforce coming in or missing days or being sick. And then the uh, family and friends, you're going to feel the inflated prices with business that drugs bring in from crime and from uh, lack of, of uh, work labor. And you're also going to see uh, lack of services. And then in addition to that, you're going to see it hit you personally sooner or later. It is not immune. It's not going to stay from you. And eventually it will get someone in your family that you least expected it. And that little five-year-old that's running around playing and joking and cutting up could be in the next four or five years with the way we're seeing statistics battling for their life through opioid addiction. TJ, I want to thank you for joining us today. How can people here uh, check you guys out and find more about you and upcoming events that you guys have? So they can, uh, you know, check out projectopioid.org online. Um, if they want to reach out to me personally, they can email me at, at the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce. Um, if they go to uh, tj.ward at jackschamber.com and uh, just send me an email, connect with me, I'd be happy to reach out and help support however we can. Um, and we look forward to uh, being uh, in a lot of the counties you're serving, Joe, with some of these uh, community-wide events. And we'll get in touch with you as as those roll out so you can help us you know, promote them and, and share uh, share those with your listeners in the days to come. TJ, I love having you involved. Love having you on the show. 
I can only tell people you are to reach out to you. You do respond. You do care about this. And this is more than just a job. This is a passion for you to be able to see it. Kudos to you for the improvements we're seeing in the counties that you guys are actively fighting in. That is how we're going to win this battle. One step. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I, I would tell you this as well. The collaboration that we see um, with all of the different entities coming together is really the key. And I would encourage, you know, folks that are that are doing this work, find some partnerships that you can, you know, work alongside. Because when you force multiply those efforts, it only helps, you know, the, the cause. Um, and so it's it's an honor to partner with someone like you that's uh, helping us spread awareness with the opioid epidemic. I want to thank all of our listeners. TJ, thank you for coming in and speaking to us today. This is a subject matter that is so close to all of us. We need to stay on top of it. Thank you for coming in. And remember, everybody, lest we can win this battle against opioids and addiction, we want to continue to keep our region the best place to live, work, shop, and play in Florida. And thank you and have a great weekend.